Hello everyone, welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast, produced by the Magnolia Healing Center. I'm your host, Yitz Epstein. In this podcast, we will be delving into topics related to narcissistic abuse, codependency, childhood wounds, childhood trauma, mental illness, and all things narcissism. The purpose of this podcast is to bring widespread awareness and healing to the global epidemic of narcissism and codependency. It is my hopes that with this podcast, we can collectively create an environment of health and healing for you, the individual, and for the world at large. Let's begin. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Today, we're going to be discussing developing healthy independence. So independence is such a core element of our happiness, of our health, and of our relationship success. But what does it mean to be truly independent? So in this podcast episode, I want to discuss what it means to be independent. What does it mean to be healthily independent? We're going to be talking about some of the reasons that many of us struggle with independence. We're going to talk about the importance of being independent, healthily independent, and finally, how to develop healthy independence in our lives. So to begin, so many of our relationships, so many of our issues in intimacy occur because we were never given the ability to develop a sense of self and develop healthy independence in childhood. There are certain stages that we need to go through, certain conflicts that we need to go through in order to develop a sense of self, in order to sort of outgrow our childhood and grow into adulthood and grow into independent adults. And if we never had this ability, then we will never be, we will never have separated and individuated from our family of origin. You can say that we are stuck. We are stuck in childhood. So ideally, attuned and emotionally mature and available parents are going to encourage independence in their children and assist their children in this process of separating and individuating when they are ready. So usually this is from birth until the age of 20 to 25, as a child grows up and they successfully complete stages of development, they reach a point where they can metaphorically fly away from the nest of their family of origin. They can sort of graduate into adulthood as full-grown independent adults. And this process very often gets interrupted as a result of trauma, abuse, or neglect. And uh, the individual never does get the opportunity to grow up and become an adult. And in many ways, they are de stuck developmentally in primitive stages. So immature and selfish or narcissistic parents are going to usually see their children as an extension of themselves, and therefore they are not going to encourage independence, uh, but rather they're going to foster dependency and enmeshment. Uh, they're certainly not going to give their children the skills and the tools and the opportunity and the ability to separate and become healthy, independent adults. And in many ways, they see any form of individuating, any form of independence as a threat and ultimately a betrayal of themselves. And in many instances, especially the case with, let's say, narcissistic parents, they will make their child feel responsible for taking care of them and uh, never allow them to pursue their own independent interests and, and goals and vision and life. Uh, and this is done through shaming and guilting and, and uh, making the child feel everlastingly responsible for, for the parent. So the consequences of not going through and completing the stages of development is ultimately having a wounded and diminished or fragmented sense of self. And eventually, later on in life, with a diminished and wounded, fragmented sense of self, we're going to attract relationships that mirror this back to us. Uh, these relationships are usually going to be very chaotic, immature, reactive, codependent, or narcissistic. So later on in life, if we are in possession of a wounded sense of self, if we don't take it upon ourselves to develop healthy independence, 
where our primary caregivers should have done so, we were going to struggle to grow, reach our full potential, and most specifically, we're going to have difficult times in our relationships, attracting healthy relationships, and having healthy, sustainable, intimate relationships. So healthy independence requires that we take responsibility for giving ourselves that which our primary caregivers didn't, and ultimately being the parent to our inner child. And what this is demanding of and what this requires is that we take our parents off of the pedestal that we all put our parents on and we begin to see them for who they are and see them for who they are not and ultimately not who they told us they were or perhaps who we thought they were or hoped they were and it's realizing that no one is going to be able to give us the life we want until we ourselves complete these developmental stages um, within and by ourselves and become become whole and independent. So in order for us to do this process, we need to gain closure on relationships that we haven't gotten closure with. Uh, this closure is a goodbye of sorts, and essentially it's closing the door or closing the chapter and moving past these early attachments that we haven't moved past that hold us back. And this process of closure is about letting go of the people that we thought we couldn't live without, uh, most specifically our primary caregivers, and realizing that we have everything we need independently to live a happy, happy life, and we, don't, we no longer need to cling to these relationships. Now, this does not mean that the relationship has to end necessarily. We can still maintain that relationship, but the way we relate to the relationship, the way we perceive our parents or primary caregivers or family of origin needs to shift as we become more and more mature and begin to see things as they are and uh, not necessarily as we thought or hoped they, they were. Now, this closure can take place with our parents in direct conversation. In fact, uh, ideally, it would be helpful to have a conversation directly with our primary caregivers, talk about the hurts that they that they did to us, uh, express the, the pain that they caused us, and ultimately uh, have that closure conversation. Um, with narcissistic or, or selfish or immature parents, they're not necessarily going to give you the ability to do that. Usually, they're going to defend their actions. They're going to blame shift, blame you for what, what they did to you. Uh, they may even gaslight you. And as a result of that, you're not going to be able to get closure, and it could even backfire and actually cause more and more pain, more and more damage. So when we cannot have an actual conversation with our primary caregivers to get that closure, to have that completion conversation, uh, that closure conversation, then there's a way around it, and that includes imagination and role play. So I'm going to get into the specifics of that shortly. Um, but the idea is a closure conversation with our parents gives the inner child a voice where they didn't have one early on. It allows us to let go of and give back negative emotions, faulty beliefs, and programs that were given to us before we had the ability to say no, uh, before we really gave any permission for, for someone to tell us this is the way it is, in essence, our childhood programs, and just give it back. Uh, and when we do, when we give back the negative emotions and, and the things that we no longer have to carry with us, uh, it's a huge weight off our back, and we're no longer dragging around uh, experiences that, that, that weigh us down and don't really let us, let us fly, metaphorically. Now, the exercise of conversation in role play is something that could be hugely healing, and it's something that I do with many of my clients, and this conversation that we play out is, in essence, an energetic exchange between the client and, and myself, uh, which ultimately I play the role of whoever they're looking to gain closure with. And because this energetic exchange, right, the emotional exchange is the most important thing, even not having the actual parent there or whoever you're trying to get closure with in that specific role, you can have someone else fill in for the parent or whoever needs closure with, it can act as that closure conversation. So in this way, fantasy and imagination can be used uh, in combination with this role play, as I mentioned, as a powerful tool in assisting us in getting in touch with the necessary emotional experiences, the parts of ourselves that need that closure 
and uh, ultimately this role play can be wildly effective. And the, the intention behind it is to complete the metaphorical file and close the door on relationships that need closure, closure that cannot be gotten unless we have that conversation. So when we go through an experience in childhood that didn't allow us to be safe, to be present, to express ourselves, to be vulnerable, to be authentic, then part of ourself got stuffed down. It got denied. It got sort of rejected. And th this part of ourself resides in the, the subconscious mind or the unconscious. And uh, it, you can say this is a, the child within or the, the fragments of ourself that have not been integrated. So until we go ahead and hold space for it and become that parent to the child within, right, allow that part of ourself to express itself in whatever capacity, allow whatever emotion it's having to come up uh, that couldn't be expressed. And, and unless we can sort of integrate the part of ourself that are uh, into our conscious experience, then we're not necessarily going to be able to move on because there's a part of ourself that hasn't said it's peace. It hasn't, hasn't gotten closure. Now, when we do this, when we do have those conversations, when we do hold space for the parts of ourselves and express what we couldn't say early on, then we are going to integrate that part of us. We're going to integrate that fragment or the child within, and that, that's going to bring wholeness. And this wholeness is a major part of independence because the reason we have a hard time being independent is because we cling to people, situations, and things that keep us stuck, that keep us fragmented and dependent when we are whole. We can then therefore no longer cling to those things and then promote and develop that independence. So with this closure that we mentioned, we're going to be able to set ourselves free to become our own independent person. And this is not just physically, this is in thought, this is in emotions, energetically, this is our belief systems, our identities, our programs. And we can't really move on into adulthood until this happens. We can't say that we are adults uh, because in essence, we are just living out our family of origins pro programs. And so the closure allows us to separate, individuate, and uh, allow us to develop that healthy independence from our family of origin. So in most instances, when our relationships, relationships are breaking down, it's because we have not necessarily developed healthy independence. Without healthy independence, we cannot have healthy interdependence. Another way of saying this is that if we're not able to be alone or by ourselves, if we don't have self-awareness, if we don't love ourselves for who we are, we don't even we, we don't accept ourselves in totality, then our relationships are going to unconsciously aim to fill in the gaps where our independent sense of self should be. And this is why relationships enmesh because both partners that are, let's say, fragmented are trying to get that which they didn't get early on from each other, and it creates enmeshment. And ultimately, we're gonna use our partner, we're gonna use the relationship to get what, what we didn't get early on from our primary caregivers, and uh, ultimately these relationships are, are unsustainable. Well, tr trying to get our unmet needs of childhood through our partner or through a relationship in adulthood is, is ultimately a recipe for, for chaos and breakdowns. So healthy independence in adulthood is a consequence of healthy dependence in childhood. If we were not able to have healthy dependence early on, uh, we weren't able to trust our primary caregivers, we weren't able to uh, let our guard down and just be and be vulnerable and be a child, then we are not gonna be able to build a sense of self. And as a result, we're not gonna be able to have that independence, that independent sense of self, that healthy independence. So many people think, and, and falsely so, that if we just kind of shoot our child out into the world too soon, then we're gonna give them a strong sense of independence because they're gonna be able to, to live on their own. And, and this is simply a fallacy in thinking. Early childhood and young adolescents need to be able to depend on primary caregivers for the sense of self to be developed in order to then later on have healthy independence. It's sort of like in order to have independence, we have to be able to have healthy dependence. Childhood and adolescence is when there's supposed to be dependency. That is a healthy and appropriate place to have dependency. Without that, then ultimately we can never truly have that independence. So without healthy dependence early on, it's going to leave us fragmented and, uh, and wounded and lacking true 
self-awareness because ultimately we're not going to have that, that independent sense of self. So developing healthy independence is about repairing damage to experiences where we were unable to have healthy dependence on superiors, superiors and then build a sense of self. Practically today, that means making the choice to go inward and heal the damage from early attachments, early childhood trauma, and then go through the developmental stages of separating and individuating, uh, again, not just physically, emotionally, in thought, in your beliefs, in your programs, in your identities of who you truly are. And many times, this demands a complete breakdown because in order to rebuild our sense of self, we have to break down the things that are, are no longer serving us. We have to shed those layers. We have to let them go. And that's what, in many instances, that's what a breakdown in life is, just the opportunity to break down these paradigms, these programs that are no longer serving us from childhood so we can build it authentically uh, in a way that truly aligns with who we truly are. Now, it could be one of the scariest things on the planet, gaining true freedom and independence. And many people are terrified of freedom. They may even say, oh, I want to be free and independent, but, but there's a certain responsibility that comes with being independent. You have to think for yourself. You have to make your own decisions. You have to find out who you are. And uh, ultimately, there's no one to blame for your mistakes. So most people, as a result of this fear, are going to choose dependency. They're going to choose to fit in for fear of rocking the boat, for fear of being different or, or judged, or maybe even being a disappointment. Uh, and as a result of this, most people fall wildly short of their full potential. It takes an unbelievable courage to separate from those who raised us and then venture out into the unknown to figure out and decide for yourself who you are, what you stand for, what kind of life you truly want, and then ultimately manifest and build a life based on that person, that person who may or may not be accepted by, by those around us and by our family of origin. However, this courage is very necessary if we are truly going to grow into who we were meant to be and not just be who we were told we are by society, by our parents, by family of origin, uh, by our, our, our culture of origin. Uh, so ultimately, this courage is a necessary prerequisite if we are going to take a leap into the unknown and find out who we truly are outside of what other people decided we were in childhood. So according to Dr. David Hawkins, he says that dependency is the root of all evil, and I wholeheartedly agree. And the logic is that when we are dependent, we live in fear of losing the thing that we are dependent on. We give away our power to that thing, and ultimately we feel powerless. And this powerlessness is a root of most of the world's evil because we're trying to make up for this feeling of powerlessness and shame and feeling like a victim and ultimately feeling ashamed of our existence uh, as a result of these dependencies. And then we do uh, people do atrocities because they just don't want to feel powerless, so they power over people or abuse or exploit in, in an attempt to soothe that, that shame of being powerless. So someone who is independently healthy is in their power. And just by virtue of being fully whole and embodying their existence, they are powerful. You can say that these people are power themselves just by their existence. And this is because someone who is fully independent and whole and not dependent on anything outside of themselves is tapped into the present moment and therefore is tapped into source or God, and they continuously rely on this higher power for life, for support, for guidance, and they gain power from this infinite, infinitely loving source. So one person who's tapped in and truly independent and whole is, uh, is, is infinitely more powerful than millions of people who are codependent and not tapped in because one person who's tapped in to, I guess you can say God consciousness or unconditional love or the present moment is, uh, is, is tapped into an infinite power. Now, whenever we are dependent on something outside of ourselves for something that can only be gotten inwardly, there's usually some sort of pain or fear that we are desperately trying to avoid. 
So as a result of this, we are in essence codependent on that thing to protect us. Uh, let's say it's a relationship or a drug to, to protect us from the pain that we would feel if we were to not have that drug of choice or that dependency, uh, the fear, uh, the pain of facing ourselves and our deep fears. And this is oftentimes referred to as an addiction, uh, dependency on something outside of yourself in order to avoid your pain, avoid yourself. And this is why developing healthy independence requires that we take a look at ways in which we cling to dependencies out of fear to avoid ourselves and to avoid facing ourselves head on. Developing healthy independence demands that you face yourself because in the unknown, you get to figure out who you are and ultimately live a life based on that. And uh, that demands raw honesty and realizing that we don't need anything else to depend on. So unless we do let go of these things that we are depending on to avoid ourselves, unless we truly face ourselves, we can't really claim to be healthily independent. And once we do this, we can let go of that which keeps us dependent and powerless and then truly find peace and true power in our independent sense of selves. And from this perspective, healthy independence is about finding the inner reservoir of infinite love and power that exists when we don't depend on things outside of ourselves, but when we do depend on our independent power or our higher self or our higher power or, or God. It's so important to heal our wounds, especially our abandonment wound, because when we have these abandonment wounds, we, we're, we're, we're avoiding being by ourselves, and we're usually terrified of being alone because that then triggers the aloneness of the abandonment wound. So the healing journey is a deeply lonely journey because true independence can only be done by ourselves. And really it is about discovering yourself by yourself so that you can really learn who you are without being told who you are or without any having any pressures around you. Now that doesn't mean you have to do it alone, but ultimately this is a lonely journey because it is rebuilding your sense of self in, in health and in, in authenticity. And nobody can go on this journey to independence for you and, and nobody can protect you from facing your shadows or your unconscious wounds and your fears. That being said, when we do take this journey, we are able to then enter into our intimate relationships, not from a place of dependency and fear, which only creates chaos and breakdowns, but with the intention to connect and share ourselves from a place of desire and from a place of, of love and, and with the intention to grow and to heal. And this is the intention that's going to allow us to create sustainable intimacy, fulfilling sustainable relationships. When we develop healthy independence, we are fully okay as we are without the need to prove ourselves or to get things from other people to survive. Uh, in this place, we lose interest in manipulating others for personal gain. We have no interest in people-pleasing or being narcissistic to control people to get love or intimacy. It's a totally different mindset. It's a shift into a mindset of truly seeing people for who they are, validating and caring for other people, and experiencing happiness and joy when other people succeed, when they grow, and uh, ultimately they feel the same way for us. So it's essentially mature and healthy interconnection. We're able to appreciate and, and see and love people for who they are instead of the personal gain we can get by associating ourselves with them. So these types of relationships are gonna thrive because they're not predicated on ego games and the need to get others to, to bend their will to ours or for us to be right. They're mature, uh, they're growth-minded, and as a result of that, they are sustainable. And these types of relationships foster and encourage independence because the more each partner can become more of their own independent self, the more they can grow and thrive and be happy. And ultimately, uh, that's what these uh, a healthy relationship would want from each other. And that's, that's what allows for healthy interdependence. So relationships such as these are based on healthy growth and uh, independence, which brings each person closer to themselves, becomes more of who they are meant to be, and therefore they're loving themselves more and more self-love. And this self-love, which is then shared with each other, creates the closeness, creates intimacy, and therefore more love, more joy, and deep and on a deeper level of fulfillment. So 
if this type of relationship is going to occur, it's going to be because both partners developed healthy independence. And as a result of both partners having healthy independence, uh, as a result of that, the relationship can come together and be interdependent. So to conclude, it's so important to move on and sort of outgrow and graduate, right, past the paradigm of existence that we were raised in. And this can be very difficult, especially if we feel that by walking away from our parents, uh, maybe not even physically, but their belief systems, their attitudes, their cultures, even their emotional reactivity, or maybe their religious views, we're going to be betraying them. And in many instances, they will feel betrayed. Uh, that being said, you know, we may even want to protect our parents from feeling this way. But at the end of the day, we have a responsibility to go on a journey to grow to figure out who we are, to ultimately live a life that we were intended to. And in many instances, we are going to have to walk away from people, specifically family of origin and parents. And uh, in many instances, they will talk badly about us or even hate us or reject us and spread rumors about us. That being said, there's nothing more important as I see it than to live a life that that is based on who you are and one that, that I believe is a responsibility for us to live, one that allows us to grow, to self-actualize, and to be happy and to reach our full potential. So one last point it's important to take note of is that this letting go of our family of origin is such a difficult process that oftentimes requires proper grieving. Uh, in order to truly move on into adulthood, we have to grieve the childhood that we thought we had, the people who we need to let go of, and ultimately it is the end of something. It's the closing of one chapter into the other. In order to do that, way, there has to be an element of, of grieving, and uh, it's, it's painful to grieve, but ultimately the grieving process is needed, and obviously it's not a death. Um, but in many ways, it is a death. It's a death of what we were, of what we thought was okay, what was normalized, and a belief system or programming that we are letting go of. And once we truly grieve and let go, then we can uh, we can move on and we can become the healthy, independent adults that uh, that will ultimately allow us to enter into intimate relationships with wholeness, happiness, peace, and uh, and, and create true, sustainable interdependence. Thank you all so very much for joining me for today's episode. Until next time, all the very best. <laughs>